Thank you and good afternoon, Chairman Schatz, Vice Chairman Mikowski, Senator Langford, and Senator Smith, and all of the distinguished members of the committee. My name is Michael Burridge. I am general counsel for and a member of the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma. I'm here at the request of and on behalf of the chief of the Choctaw Nation, the Honorable Gary Batten, who the committee invited to testify on a matter of grave importance to the integrity of the Choctaw Nation. I began representing the Choctaw Nation in 1974 upon graduation from the University of Oklahoma College of Law. At that time, I moved to Antlers and <clears throat> began my law practice. I have represented the Choctaw Nation ever since that time in 1974, except for an approximate seven-year period when I was appointed by President Clinton to be a United States District Judge being chief judge for five of those years and also serving on the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals by designation. I was told that I am the first Native American to be appointed to the federal bench. I want to make one thing very clear and please listen. The Freedman issue as it relates to the Choctaw Nation has nothing to do with race. I repeat, has nothing to do with race. Tribal membership is based on blood, not race. Today, the Choctaw Nation tribal members includes African Americans, as well as those from other races. All members of our tribe share one characteristic in common. They are Choctaw by blood, and they are all lineal descendants of Choctaw Indians. The Constitution of the Choctaw Nation was established by a United States District Court order dated May 9, 1983, in an action entitled Morris versus Watt, with federal approval by the government on June 9, 1983, I repeat, with federal approval by the federal government on June 9, 1983, ratified by a vote of the tribal members, certified by the Choctaw Election Commission on July 25, 1983, this constitution approved by the federal government limits membership to Choctaws by blood and their lineal descendants. Chief Batten and I, as general counsel, Council take an oath to uphold and defend this Constitution. Our Constitution has existed and worked well for almost four decades, but now another part of the federal government that approved that Constitution wants to unilaterally walk it back without the consent of the Indians affected and without consent of the tribe. Does that sound familiar to you when it comes to the federal government's treatment of Indians and Indian tribes? In the Choctaw Nation's recent litigation against the federal government over the unallotted lands, United States District Judge Lee R. West, who I served with and was appearing as counsel for the nation at that time, said the federal government has made many agreements with the tribes and did not keep them. He said that was not going to happen in his courtroom and it did not. It is the federal government, by placing tribal membership in a political arena, that initiated this Freedman issue, not the Choctaw Nation, if there's a problem, the federal government needs to find another solution that, do, that does not infringe upon the rights of the Choctaw people or the integrity of our self-governance. In 1978, in Santa Clara Pueblo versus Martin S., the Supreme Court held a trial because of its sovereignty and principles of self-determination has the exclusive authority to determine its membership. Following this, the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals and Ordinance 59 Association versus U.S. Department of Interior Secretary held, I quote, tribes, not the federal government, retain authority to determine tribal membership. This holding should be honored by all branches of the federal government. 
The lawful interpretation of treaties, case law, and history that relates to Indians is complicated. There are special rules of construction when it comes to treaties with the tribes. We are here today having been drawn into a political process where decisions can have far-reaching legal consequences. I respectfully ask this committee, is a congressional hearing where time is limited and personal and political concerns are on the table the proper place to adjudicate such important matters as tribal membership? Then you add on top of that, legislative threats are made. If the tribe does not make the decision wanted by some politician, critical housing funds may, for tribal members that need the housing may be withheld. How can this be squared with the United States government's trust duties and obligations to the tribes? How is this anything that undermining the tribal self-determination and tribal autonomy? After surviving the cruelty of the Trail of Tears, the Dawes Act, the near termination of our tribal functions, and nearly two centuries of taking at the hand of the United States government, the Choctaw Nation and these other tribes deserve better. This all goes to the core of the constitutional identity of a sovereign tribe that is threatened. Thank you for your attention to this matter, and when appropriate, I'll be glad to answer any questions about what I have said or other questions, especially about the Morris case. I was there. Uh, I represented the tribe, although at that point in the game, I was carrying briefcases more than lawyering, but I know what was discussed at those hearings, and this was one of them. Thank you very much. Ambassador Chowdhury, please proceed with your testimony.